This is the Relevant Life Church podcast, where we are about connecting with God, relating to people, and reaching our world. Tune in as our church goes through this week's teaching in God's Word. Today we have uh, one of our, our family, two of our families. The Shims are in the house, right? And we are so ecstatic. Uh, Brad and Roe, you are world changers. You are two of the mighty warriors that are sent from Oregon into the world. And uh, we're honored to have you here today, and we thank you. Come, would you give them a round of applause? Love you guys. Good morning, Pastor Kevin. Thank you so much. It is so good to be here with you today, RLC. We have waited six months uh, for this opportunity. In fact, we've probably waited longer than six months um, but we are uh, we're just so excited to be with you this morning. Welcome to the online audience. We, are, we can't see you, uh, but we're excited to know that you are there. Um, before we get started, uh, I want to just take a minute and talk about Speed the Light and how important Speed the Light is. Uh, as missionaries, we have received a vehicle from Speed the Light, and it is, it's life-changing. It's one of the most important things uh, that's underrated, one of the most underrated things that we don't talk about very much that missionaries really, really need is a vehicle. We serve uh, on our island with 13 million people. We serve alongside ourselves and one other missionary couple in Japan, but we also have another uh, missionary organization in our city. People come in and they train here in our city and then they go out to other places, but they do not have speed of light vehicles. And we've watched our friends struggle. We offer them rides when we can, and we do what we can to help them. But they struggle without vehicles. And sometimes they have to scrimp and save and wait wait years to put their own money aside so that they can purchase a vehicle. And we are so, so thankful for what Speed of the Light does for us. So, um, Speed of the Light purchases vehicles and other equipment and other things, but we're talking today primarily about vehicles. Ro, why don't you tell us uh, how else Speed of the Light is important and how it helps our ministry? Well, good morning. It's so good to be here with you guys today. Um, Speed of the Light is amazing because when we first got to Japan, so... And many of you heard, like, Japan probably has a lot of, um, you know, has a lot of um, public access to transportation, like trains and subways. So people have asked us, like, so why do you need one? Well, where we live, like, we need a car. Like, things are just more spread out. We're further away from Tokyo. We're about a two-hour plane ride south of Tokyo. So where we live, like, things are spread out. And so when we first got there and we didn't have a car, I had what they call a mama chari, which is like a mama bicycle. And so it's not motorized. And I had Addie in the front. She was two at the time. Addie in the front and Oliver was in the back. And I would be riding my bicycle up hills and on the way to school. So it's like four miles to go one way, right? It was about four miles. And so um, I'm trying to think because we don't do kilometers here. So anyways, um, and you know, Oliver, he loves sushi. So like a few months in, like every day it was getting heavier and heavier <laughs> to like <laughs> get the bike and like push the bike. And anyways, and like a few times we fell on that bicycle, like, and it was, it's dangerous. And, and in Japan, like, yeah, we could have, like, you know, we could have done the school thing without, you know, getting a car. But in 
like in Japan, we have bicycles everywhere and people. And when I fell those two times, I had maybe one time, one person help me, you know, and just because people are busy and I don't know, maybe they didn't see us, but it was dangerous for my kids to either ride a bike or for me to do that, like on a consistent basis. And so when we got our speed, the light car, it changed our life because then we were able to, um, you know, go uh, be a part of a hiking group with our friends in Japan. We won't share this with in our message, but just real quick, one of the things that we have done in Japan is join a hiking group. And these areas, like, they're far to get to, like, maybe 30 minutes in a car. But if we took public transportation, it would take us, like, two hours on a bus to get there. And because we had a big car, like, a van is a big car in Japan, then we were able to bring other people along. And our friends started this hiking group. Our Japanese friends started it so that others could come and hike together, live life together, and hear the gospel and just build relationships. And so, so many seeds have been planted. And that's one thing that has been tremendous for us. We've been able to help other missionaries. Um, we are, have been a part of a church plant, um, so we were able to help our, our, our missionaries, colleagues, um, when we've done big events, because they have a little car, like, because cars in Japan are like a box, <laughs> and so, like, literally, they look like a little box, like, with, like, maybe three people can fit comfortably, and so it's changed our life. It really has. Yeah, we've been able to make equipment because our church is mobile, so we could take the equipment in our van to the school where we're having church and other places. It's fantastic. So thank you so much. Um, The other thing I was going to say is when we go back to Japan, uh, we're going to use our vehicle even more than we were able to use it last term um, because we're going to be partnering with a different Assemblies of God church uh, to create discipleship programs for our whole island and all the churches in our island. And so our Speedlight vehicle is going to take us to all these other churches to help create discipleship programs and uh, to get the gospel out. So uh, if you haven't um, given a pledge yet, you guys, I know you're super close. Sounds like $5,000. I know that there are people who could write large checks, but that's not, I mean, that's awesome. But what's really important is everybody working together and everybody giving. If you can only give $10, that's great. Give $10. If you can give 100 bucks, give 100 You know, whatever it is that you can give, give to the project. It takes everybody working together. 100% participation is not... Pastor Kevin's goal, but it's my goal. Maybe it's his goal. I don't know, but I'm making it up right now. So, because uh, I, I can do that. I can do that, question mark? Well, um, yeah, so here we are. Uh, we're Brad and Roshim. Uh, Shimamura, if you haven't already heard our names, we'd like to see our names again. These are our kids back here in the picture. Zane is eight years old. He's the biggest one. He's 10. <laughs> what happened? Okay, Oliver is eight years old. He's the middle one. And then Addie is five, and she's holding the bear. Uh, you can follow us at Facebook and Instagram on Shims to Japan. It, yes, and uh, we have prayer cards. Uh, if you see us and you haven't gotten a prayer card yet, we'd love to put one in your hands. Uh, let's go to the next slide right quick. Uh, so this is, uh, if you can't see that arrow, um, that is uh, where we are in Japan. Yes, it's a ridiculous size arrow. Uh, we, we minister the city of Fukuoka. See, I thought that would be funny. We minister the city of Fukuoka right where that arrow is pointing. And uh, it's an island of 13 million people, like we said already. We are one of two missionary units. Uh, when we go back, uh, we will be 
uh, pastoring the church that we had pastored during our first, uh, that we had served at in our first term. We'll do that for a year, and then after that, we're going to launch out into these discipleship programs that we'll talk a little bit more about later. Um, and uh, Kyushu uh, is a beautiful island. We are grateful to serve there. So, Ro, would you take us into our message? Yes. Okay. His dad, uh, dad joke game is real strong, you guys. Real strong with that arrow. Oh, my. He did not show me that beforehand. Anyways, moving on. Well, we're so, can I just say real quick, we're just so thankful for you. Really, really thankful for you, RLC. Um, love you, Pastor Kevin and Rhonda, and just so thankful for you guys, thankful for your partnership. This is the church we go to when, you know, we don't have, um, we're not sharing about Japan while we're here in the States. We live here in Salem. We live in South Salem, and, um, you know, our kids ask to come here all the time, like, Mom, do we have a Sunday off? Can we come? And so it just really means the world to us that you love us, that we have friends here that are like family, and we just thank you so much um, for your prayers and for your partnership because that's what really encourages us on the days when we're feeling down and we miss home and we miss, like, a good cheeseburger. (laughs) And, you know, just, um, you know, your prayers and support really mean the world to us. So thank you so much. Um, As we share this morning, we want to share with you about how God calls us to take a step of faith and how every single person in here, if you're a believer in Jesus Christ, God calls us to take a step of faith some way or somehow. It could be across the street or it could be like us going to the other side of the world. But we hope that we encourage you today um, because Jesus wants us to step out into faith and to trust him. So let's pray. Father, we thank you so much for gathering us here today at Relevant Life Church. I thank you so much for Pastor Kevin and Rhonda, Lord. What a blessing they are to me and to this church, Lord. I pray that um, you would just encourage their hearts today, that you would bring healing in Jesus' name to Rhonda's body, Lord, that you would um, just do that, Jesus, supernaturally, bring complete healing. And Father, I pray for their family, Lord, that you would just encourage them, Lord, that this holiday season, that they would just make so many memories together, Lord, and that you would just bless them abundantly, Lord. And I pray for the staff here, Lord, thank you so much for an incredible gifted staff that's here, Lord. I pray for the pastors that you would bless their families, Lord. And Lord, I thank you for Salem. God, I thank you for Salem, which means peace. Lord, we pray peace over this city in Jesus' name. We pray for for your word to go out, Lord, like it never has done before, that this church would continue to be a lighthouse in the darkness. Jesus, that when people would drive by, like I'm on my way to target, Lord, that people would just be led by your Holy Spirit here, that they would know something is unique and something, God, you're doing something here, Lord, that you would just increase the territory here, Lord, that you would increase um, the gospel, Lord, going out from this church, Lord. I pray blessings over them in Jesus' name. Amen. Okay, so if you want to follow along with me this morning, and Brad, we're going to be sharing from Matthew chapter 14, and for the sake of time, we're going to go, I'm going to just give you a quick little background of what's happening here in the text. So at the beginning of chapter 14, we see that Herod had ordered John the Baptist to be murdered, and Jesus, like any of us, if someone close to us had been, had passed away, we would probably want to be by ourselves to grieve and to mourn, and so Jesus went to do that, but the people kind of guessed where he was going and went ahead of him and they were there waiting for him. And instead of Jesus saying, no, I don't have time for this, he put aside his own emotions and his own heartache to touch the people, to heal the blind, to touch the sick. Um, 
to set the captives, captives free. And since it was a remote place, there was no food. Like in Japan, we have like convenience stores on every corner. And have you guys ever been hangry before? Like, if you're not familiar with that, hungry plus angry equals hangry. We were, like, hangry the other day on Thanksgiving because my father-in-law said, yeah, I'm going to smoke this turkey. It's going to take, like, two hours. Eight eight hours later, we were eating. So, anyways, we were all hangry. So, maybe you got hangry waiting for the turkey. Anyone else? Okay, yes. Thanks, Naomi. Okay, anyways. So, I got you, girl. Okay, anyways. So, you know, Jesus, he couldn't, he didn't cook up turkey back then. So he just asked the little boy for some fish and some loaves. And this was an incredible miracle that Jesus did because Jesus was able to feed 5,000 men. And that didn't include the women and children. So theologians believe that could be up to 20,000 people would just you know, a few pieces of food. And that was an incredible miracle right there. So now we're going to pick up in Matthew 14, 22. It says, immediately after this, Jesus insisted that his disciples get back into the boat and cross to the other side of the lake while he sent the people home. After sending them home, he went up into the hills by himself to pray. Night fell while he was there alone. Meanwhile, the disciples were in trouble far away from land for a strong wind had risen and they were fighting heavy waves. About three o'clock in the morning, Jesus came toward them walking on the water. When the disciples saw him walking on the water, they were terrified. In their fear, they cried out, it's a ghost. But Jesus spoke to them at once. Don't be afraid, he said. Take courage. I am here. Then Peter called to him, Lord, if it's really you, tell me to come to you walking on the water. Yes, come, Jesus said. So Peter went over to the side of the boat and walked on the water toward Jesus. But when he saw the strong wind and the waves, he was terrified and began to sink. Save me, Lord, he shouted. Jesus immediately reached out and grabbed him. You have so little faith, he he said. Why did you doubt me? When he climbed back into the boat, the wind stopped. Then the disciples worshiped him. You really are the son of God, they exclaimed. So living a life of faith requires us to enter the unknown. Or does this say uncomfortable? Excuse me. Uncom- to, excuse me. Let me try one more time. Living a life of faith makes us get out of our comfort zone. It makes us get into places that are um, uncomfortable. In our text today, we see the disciples on the boat, on the boat, and they were in the middle of a lake, and they were in a storm. And I don't know about you, but I would not want to be in the middle of a lake during a storm. Like, that, that, I get seasick already, so I just could not handle that. But anyways, Peter was a professional fisherman before he became a disciple of Jesus. So we're sure that he probably had been in some rough waves before. So maybe he was somewhat comfortable with it. But Peter had done something that Jesus, that no person had ever done before. He walked on the water toward Jesus and what an incredible miracle it was. So I don't know about you, but when I would hear this story when I was a little girl, I would try to walk on the water. Okay, if you're a new believer, we're, we're so excited that you're here. But when I would hear this story as a little girl, I would try to do that. Has anyone ever tried to walk on water before? Okay, thank you. A few people. Hey, I don't know if you're being honest. Are you? Okay. Anyway, so I would be like, hey, Jesus, can you, like, hook me up? Anytime there was, like, a lake or an ocean or, like, you know, a pool, I would be like, Psh. And what happened every time? I would sink. Right. But here, this was an incredible miracle. What happened with Peter? He stepped out on the water and had done something no one else had ever done before. But Jesus, he walked on the water and the disciples said, he is the son of God. And that was amazing. 
But it's it's implied here in verses 28 and 29. It says, so Peter went over to the side of the boat and walked on the water toward Jesus. But when he saw the strong wind and the waves, he got afraid. It's implied here that before Peter, um, before Peter saw the wind and the waves, can we see wind? No, we can't, but we can see what the wind does, can't we? So before Jesus, before Jesus had caught Peter and he started falling in the water, Peter had his eyes focused on Jesus. But when he got scared, then his eyes were not focused on Jesus anymore. Church, our eyes always have to be focused on Jesus, no matter what, especially when we take a step of faith. So our family and I got on an airplane three years ago to go to Japan, and I had never been there before. I'd been, you know, to the airport on my way to other places in Asia, but never to Japan. And so I was sitting on the airport tarmac on the day we were leaving and, you know, with our 14 pieces of luggage. I'm pretty sure, Pastor Kevin, we had a big thing of Johnny's in our suitcase. Oh, uh, yeah. Who, who likes Johnny's? Anyone? Hallelujah. Anyways, Brad, we need to put that on our list to bring back. Okay. Anyways, so about like 14 pieces of luggage, you know, I had to have my Johnny's, my Cheez-Its, my Reese's peanut butter cups. By the way, you guys sent that to us one time. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Anyways, getting back. But I was sitting on the airport, you know, in the air, in the airplane with my kids and I was hearing Japanese and I was like, Jesus, what did I just get myself into? I can't even understand what they're saying. It didn't even sound remotely familiar. And so I was like, oh man, what did we get ourselves into? So then we get to Japan and then I realized, wow, this is a lot harder than I realized it was going to be. You know, everywhere we, walk, we walked in our city, like no one speaks English. And so they would be like, Shimomura, you guys don't speak Japanese. And anyways, it just was, you know, it was just hard because I couldn't say anything. I could barely say, Hajimimashite, which means nice to meet you. And the people would say, oh, your Japanese is so good. They were so kind. I could barely say it. Um, but everything was just so overwhelming in the beginning. And, you know, we would be walking around our city and we would see idols everywhere. Shinto idols, Buddhist um, temples everywhere. I mean, just like even like in a little crack on a street, like in between buildings, like they would just put a little shrine right there. In the spiritual darkness, it just felt so heavy. And I thought, Lord, are you sure you called my family not here? Like, I don't know. I can't even speak Japanese. And yet, in you know, Japan is less than 1% Christian. And we would say, we're a missionary because we can do that there. We can be totally open about what we are. And they don't even know what that word means in their language. And so some people have never even heard the name of Jesus. And so things just felt so overwhelming in the beginning. And so we really had to pray and know that God called us here, even though it was a step of faith that was really scary, really uncomfortable. I missed my, um, you know, barbecue down the street from here. <laughs> you know, actually, it's next door, isn't it? Yeah. Anyway, so there were so many things that we missed, but yet we knew God had called us there. And once we started making friends and developing friendships, we knew that what we were doing was the right thing, that we were being obedient to God. And following God's call can be scary at, at times, can it? But following Jesus is always worth it because he's always worthy. He is worthy. So now that we've lived in Japan for over three years, we love Japan so much. Our kids are like, when can we go back? When are we going back? And it's become our home. 
And we're so thankful that our friends have bent over backwards. Even non-believers there have bent over backwards to help us. And we thank God for our friends there. So Jesus calls us to step out to the unknown. And sometimes we don't know what that looks like. We don't know what it looks like to be uncomfortable. But I promise you, he, he is worth it because he's worthy. So living a life of faith requires us um, to step out into the unknown. And it's really scary it can be super scary, but Peter had done something that no one else had done before. He stepped out onto the water, and he walked out to Jesus. He knew that Jesus would catch him, and the same is true in our lives. When we take a step of faith, we often, um, we often think like, oh, I can do this at first, and then later on, we're like, oh, this is too scary. I don't know about it. We often have questions, don't we? We often wonder, how is God going to work this out? Sometimes all that we have is God's word, and that has to be enough for us, church. God is good to us, and we have to just trust that he's with us no matter what. So I have a question for you. Have you guys ever seen the Sister Act movies? Okay, raise your hand if you, like, actually know, if you know what I'm talking about. Okay. Okay, if you have not seen them, it's okay, but just know it's about gospel music. And, you guys, I had no idea when Brad and I went to Japan that I would have to join a gospel choir. I don't, it, it's really random, but you know, God has a sense of humor. But anyway, so we, we went and joined, I had to join a gospel choir and I had to be, um, you know, I had to join this choir, even though I have never singed before. Thank God, Julie and Sass were leading us today because you don't want me leading. Let's just be honest. So anyways, at my first um, gospel choir um, practice where we sing in Japanese and English, because for some reason, Japanese people they love gospel music. They love America. So we play that to our advantage in Japan. And so the very first time I went to a choir practice, I met a lady named Emiko. And Emiko told me, Ro, I'm thinking about becoming a Christian, but I'm not sure. This was two and a half years ago. So she was already, even before that, thinking about becoming a Christian. So you see in Japan, it's not easy like, we, like, we, like it is here in the States. When we say yes to Jesus. Like, we're just like, yeah, it's easy for people in our culture to come to know Jesus. When, but in Japan, they can take years and years and years to think about it because they count the cost. They know that if they say yes to Jesus, they could lose their family, they could lose their friends, they could lose their job. And so Emiko was thinking about what it would cost her. But over time, she kept coming, to, kept coming to gospel choir practice. And even when the pandemic happened, she would say, hey, and we had to move on to Facebook, you know, and use our cell phones to do church. She would say, hey, can I just sit in the very back? I just want to be there. And why was that? Because the Holy Spirit was drawing her there. And so over time, you know, we would say, hey, Emiko, are you ready to say yes to Jesus? She's like, no, not yet. I'm still thinking about it. Finally, this year in March, on a Sunday that was not even, you know, a gospel presentation was not even given, she said, I'm finally ready to say yes to Jesus. And hallelujah, praise the Lord. RLC, you have a new sister in Christ. On the day that Emiko gave her life to Jesus after church, I said, Emiko, why today? Like, why today? Like, it just seemed so random. And she said, I'm finally ready to say yes to Jesus. And I told her, you know what? If you're, if you're a husband and your two daughters and you lose your job, you will still have Jesus. And she had tears in her eyes because she knew that she made the right choice to serve Jesus and that he would never leave her. He would never forsake her.
A week later, she's like, I got to get baptized. Can you guys imagine going to get baptized in Seaside this time of year? Yeah. So it was like April. I mean, so it was cold, but she didn't care. She said, my body is cold, but my heart is warm with Jesus. And when, even though it takes a long time for someone to say yes to Jesus in Japan, when they do, they're on fire for Jesus. And she has started intense discipleship classes, and it's been incredible to see how God has changed her life. So thank you so much for for listening to me. I'm going to invite Brad to come and share now. Thank you so much. There we go. Uh, When living a life of faith, sometimes failure happens. Let's just be honest. Being believers, failure, it happens, right? Being human, failure happens, right? So Peter gets out there, and and, uh, he's walking. Uh, Jesus calls out to him and says, yes, come. And Peter's like, all right. He steps over the boat, and he walks towards Jesus, and he gets distracted, and he begins to sink. Now, I don't know about you, but I am so thankful that whenever I fail, that Jesus is right there to grab me, to take me by the hand, and to pick me back up. And that's what happened to Peter, because Jesus was right there. Scripture tells us in the book of Hebrews chapter 13, Jesus' words, he says, I will never leave you, I will never forsake you. There is no failure so big that Jesus is going to leave you. There's no sin that you can commit so much that Jesus is going to cut you off. There's nothing that you can do to make Jesus not love you, to make him leave you, to make him forsake you. Jesus will always be there. I looked up this word always, and it turns out that it means always. Well, preacher joke there for you. So, um, yes, the dad jokes are strong today. I'm sorry, bro. You got to keep me in line. Uh, So Peter was walking on the lake, and he failed, and Jesus was there to pick him up. And, you know, as missionaries, um, sometimes failure becomes a way of life for us, too. And it comes in many forms. Sometimes it's something small like misunderstanding language, trying to say something but not having the words to say it, or trying to understand what someone's saying but having no clue at all what they're saying. I've had plenty of those experiences. Um, But failure comes in all shapes and sizes. Sometimes uh, failure is going out and attempting to set up a service like a bank account or utilities for our home and not being able to set those up because we just need a little bit more help. We can't do it on our own. I'm so thankful that God can fill in the gap for us. And we have teams that come alongside of us that help us with these kinds of things. But um, sometimes these failures happen. And uh, sometimes we just have to keep going. But Peter, what I love about this is after Peter fails, he walks with Jesus and he gets back in the boat. He was the only one who was wet. Because Peter was the only one who tried. The other disciples, they could tell the story and say, hey, yeah, we were there when Peter walked on the water and it was cool. But Peter was like, you know what? I got to walk on the water. It's a little bit different in the story there. Um, But you never know what what can happen when you give it a try. So uh, we have these failures as missionaries. Things happen. And uh, one year for uh, Oliver's birthday, we asked him what he wanted for a special birthday birthday. Uh, meal, and he said he wanted spaghetti and meatballs and the special chocolate cake that we make in the States. And so we're like, great, we could do that. So we go to the store, we get the meat, the seasonings, the, all the things that you need, the, the uh, oil, cake, 
eggs, uh, or, or uh, flour, not cake. We didn't buy the cake, but the flour for the cake, and all the things. And so we get up in the morning, and I roll out the meatballs and, and get them ready. And Ro mixes up the cake, uh, puts it into the cake pan, throws it into the oven, and we wait the requisite 45 minutes. And uh, we pull the cake out, and uh, the cake has not set. It's still batter. I touch the oven, burn my hand. I'm like, oh, okay, it's not the oven. The oven's not the problem. It's, uh, it's something's happening in the batter. And so Ro is like, all right, let's make it again. So this time we look together. We measure everything together. We do it all together and uh, throw it in the oven. And I'm like, okay, this is, it's good. It's got to be good. It's got to be good. Throw it in the oven. And uh, I go over to the, to the uh, stove, turn on the stove, pour some oil in a pan, put the meatballs in. And, or uh, start, I get it hot, and then I put a meatball in, and I'm expecting as soon as I put the meatball in to sizzle, and it doesn't sizzle. I'm like, okay, I'll wait just a minute. Uh, maybe it's not hot enough yet, and so I just let it sit there, and uh, I begin to examine the oil and realize something's amiss. So I go over to the jar of oil and stick my finger in and go to taste it, and let me ask you something. How many of you have ever eaten something that you don't expect? It was soap. I hate soap. So, uh, you know, we, we decided uh, at that point that cake was a failure. So we went to the store. We looked up the Japanese word for uh, oil. So we knew what we were buying and uh, went home and were able to get everything and, and to make everything the way it was supposed to be. But, you know, sometimes failure happens. It's just a part of life. And I'm so grateful to know that Jesus is there and he walks beside us and uh, he is before us. He's behind us. He is on all. He is on our side and uh, he's not going to let us go. He's not going to let us go. I I just love that. Um, And uh, it's really a comfort to us when we're taking a step of faith. So living a life of faith, uh, we can know that God is revealed to people around us. So here's the deal. The disciples are on the boat, and they see Jesus, and they begin to think something. Um, they wonder themselves. They literally said to themselves, I think it's a ghost. They could, have, they could have thought of all different explanations to explain the appearance of Jesus walking to them on the water, and they could have gone with it, and it would have been okay. But when Peter cried out to Jesus and said, let me walk on the water towards you, and Jesus said, come, and Peter stepped out and he began to walk on the water, something began to tick inside the disciples' minds. They began to understand for the first time that, you see, this is a miracle, and we know that Peter on his own cannot walk on the water. There's something special going on out there that must be Jesus because Only Jesus, who we know has miraculous powers, he must be the son of God if he can cause Peter to walk on the water. And the disciples got back, when Jesus and Peter got back into the boat, the disciples began to worship him saying, surely he is the son of God. You see, church, that's the first time the disciples worshiped Jesus with those words. They had that realization when Peter was out there walking on the water that Jesus must be the Son of God. Church, I'm telling you, when you take a step of faith and God begins to work through you and do amazing things around you, people will see it and there is an opportunity for you to say, it's because of Jesus, the Son of God, that I'm able to, that these things are happening and that God is moving. 
We have. Uh, this church was planted. It was founded by somebody, and countless lives are changed because somebody took a step of faith and said, I'm going to plant this church, and people are going to come to know Jesus because of it. We have the same experience in our church in Japan. 20 years ago, somebody said, I'm going to start a church. They started a church, and lives have been changed because of it. I can't tell you what God is going to do when you take a step of faith, but God is going to move when you take a a step of faith. I just remembered I completely skipped over a huge part of the last point, so I'm going to go back for just a minute, if you don't mind. Forgive me, please. Um, But sometimes we get wrapped up in this idea of success and failure. And we think to ourselves, you know what? Success is when I achieve this goal that I have in mind for myself. And success is if if I take a step of faith and I start a business and this business is successful, then I have achieved success. We get this idea in our minds that we can measure success. But I want to tell you today, church, success is not measured in world standards, but it's measured by our obedience to God. You see, I can go back to Japan. I may never personally lead anybody to Christ. I may never have a church service where someone raises their hand and says yes to Jesus. But I want you to know that my success is not in the numbers of people saved, but it's in my obedience to Jesus. And when you take a step of faith and you're obedient to Jesus, that is way more success than any other number that you can achieve. So, Back to now uh, God being revealed to those around us. Uh, Our church was started and people have been discipled and people have come to know Jesus. And God has been revealed because somebody said yes. And I just want to encourage you, say yes to the step of faith that God has put in your hearts. We can sometimes get scared of the ideas of success and failure. But inaction is failure in itself, especially when God is calling you to something. So um, when we, uh, our three years in Japan, we saw two people come to know Jesus. And I know that that seems like small numbers here in America. But in Japan, that's big numbers. One person per year is, is good church growth in Japan. And uh, we were just thrilled to see these two people come to know the Lord. The row, the row, row, you are now the row, uh, shared story. Roe shared the story of uh, the, the one who came to know the Lord. The other one, she came to know the Lord because, um, uh, because uh, her, her co-worker was a member of our church. And our, our church member had not even invited her to church. Instead, uh, she just saw something different about her coworker and said, you know what? I don't know what's different about her, but I want that. And so uh, she looked up our church on the internet and found our church, found the location, the meeting time, and came by herself, uninvited, which, by the way, we love uninvited guests. She came uninvited to church, and uh, that day she gave her life to Christ. And that's why you sent us, so that people could come to know Jesus. And uh, so she gave her life to Christ. She went through intense discipleship, and she says, I'm so excited that I finished my discipleship program, so now I can disciple someone else. And she actually has a part in discipling uh, Emiko-san, and that's one of the most exciting things that we can see. Um, So it's amazing what God does when we take a step of faith. 
Today, I just want to share, uh, as I'm closing, I want to share a few things about Japan, because I wouldn't be a good missionary if I didn't share things about Japan. But uh, Japan is what we call a never-reached people group. And a never-reached people group, uh, you have unreached people here in Salem, and that's awesome. And we need to reach them. But the difference is people here in Salem have access to the gospel. We've got churches all over the place here in Salem. I can name like six off the top of my head. And that's just assemblies of God churches. Uh, we've got, uh, there's all kinds of ways that people can hear about Jesus in America. But a never reach people group is a group that has never widely had the gospel proclaimed. There has never been a widespread move of God across the nation of Japan. Most people in Japan have never met a Christian, have never held a Bible, never attended a church service, and never even heard the name of Jesus. So when we make friends with many of our, of, of our friends in Japan, we are the first Christian that they have ever known. And uh, so we're, that's the context that we serve in. Uh, we pray not for revival to happen in Japan because revival is to assume that there once was life that we're bringing back to life. Instead, we pray for a spiritual awakening. We pray that God would open up the hearts and the minds of the Japanese people. Uh, in Japan, like I said, we don't have uh, mass. Uh, uh, people don't come to know Christ on mass. They come. They don't come by the thousands or the hundreds. They come one by one by one. The um, in our district, uh, Kyushu, it's the whole island, 13 million people. Our Assemblies of God district has a goal from between their 70th and their 75th anniversary. They want every church to have one new person per year come to know Jesus. That's their goal. Their goal is to have one new baptism every year. And to them, that's a big goal. So uh, that's, that's the context that we work in. Uh, so next term, I've already mentioned, we're going to be, uh, last term, we spent most of our time learning language and uh, serving in the church. We did children's ministry, we were singing in the gospel choir, she sang on the worship team. Uh, we did all of these kinds of things. Um, when we go back, we're going to pass to the church for a year, and then we're going to help other churches create discipleship programs so that people can come to know Jesus, commit their lives to him. Um, and uh, the long-term goal of that is we have more Japanese pastors, I'm sorry, we have more Japanese churches than we have pastors in Japan, and so the goal is we want to raise people up that could hear the call of God in their lives and begin to serve, uh, go to Bible college, and begin to serve as pastors in these churches. The average age of pastors in Japan is about 72 years old, and in our district, when you have district meetings, the big talk is, I want to retire, but I have nobody to replace me. So uh, we have some pastors that pastor multiple churches and some that are just lay-led in the meantime. Um, so we want to raise up more leaders in the Japanese churches. So next slide here. Um, we have this, this QR code that... Um, if you're interested, uh, we, we ask every church to please do uh, three things. Number one, can you pray? Everyone can pray. We need your prayers. Pray for spiritual awakening in Japan. Pray for us. Pray for our children. Uh, all of those kinds of things. Please pray for us. Number two is to give. You are a phenomenal missions-giving church. And from the bottom of our hearts, we say thank you. You guys have been so faithful and so committed in giving to us. 
uh, throughout the last four years. We so appreciate it. Uh, Thank you so much. Please continue to give to your church's missions program. Give to Speed the Light. Give to the Slater's vehicle. Um, If you want this, you can use this QR code uh, to sign up to pray for us, to uh, sign up to give to us. Uh, The best way to do it is through your church's missions program. But if you want to do it individually, you can do it through the QR code. And the last thing is to join our team. If you're interested in coming to Japan or serving anywhere in Asia Pacific, you can start a conversation here on um, joining. We pray every day, um, Matthew chapter um, 9, verses 38 and 39. We pray that over Japan. And that's Jesus saying, the harvest is plentiful, but the workers are few. Ask the Lord of the harvest, therefore, to send up uh, his workers into the field. We need more workers in Japan. We need national workers and we need international workers. So if you're interested in joining uh, our team in Japan or anywhere in Asia Pacific, you can scan the QR codes there and that will help take you to that. So um, I hope today that we have encouraged you and we have challenged you to live a life of faith and to know that God walks with you. That's the most important thing. God walks with you when you take a step of faith. He is not going to let you fail when you walk in obedience. Maybe you might not see reach that goal that you have in your mind, but remember that your obedience to Jesus is your success. I'm going to pray with you. Lord, as we come before you, God, I just pray over anybody in this room that you are calling to take a step of faith. God, I ask that you would make it so abundantly clear to them that they would know that you are working in their lives and that you are calling them. Lord, I pray that you would give them the courage, the strength, and everything that they need to take the step of faith, God. If it's to do something in business, start new relationships, or uh, to give to missions, or give to the Slater's vehicle, Lord, whatever it is, God, I pray that you would just move in people's hearts, Lord. Give them the strength and the courage. Father, we pray for spiritual awakening in Japan. Move people's hearts and send laborers in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thank you so much, church. God bless you. Awesome, awesome, awesome. Thank you, thank you. Brad and Roe, thank you for taking a step of faith. Uh, thank you for leading us in a step of faith this morning. How many were challenged today? Yeah. Challenged by that word. I love, I, we love missionaries. I love missionaries. I love to see, uh, probably because they have more faith than I do to take this bigger step than I take. Uh, I can come and I can, I can raise the funds for them to do so. And we're thankful for them. I'm thankful that, they, that you go out of obedience. Uh, so, and, and your generosity with your life that your family has gone. I want to bring us back to uh, the focus of we love to hear missionaries, but we want to be able to send missionaries. We want to support missionaries. And uh, we're thankful for the Shims as they've been so faithful to do so. But I want to read out of Romans chapter 10. I love this promise to all of us, and if you're here today and you've received Christ as your Lord and Savior, you've done these steps uh, that we're going to read in Romans chapter 10. Uh, But many, as we've heard in Japan, have not had the opportunity to do so. They don't know the steps to take. And Romans chapter 10 says, for everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. How many are thankful that you've been able to call on the name of the Lord, that you know the name of the Lord, and that you've been saved? It says, how then can they call on the one they have not believed. And how can they believe in the one of whom they have not heard? And how can they hear without someone preaching to them? And how can anyone preach unless they are sent? How can anyone preach unless they are sent? And today we have the honor, we've had the honor for the last several years to send the Shims to Japan, be part of the team in Oregon to send them. And uh, we want to be able to extend that that sending 
to, for another term, as well as we want to increase that sending. We want to empower them and enable them. And one of our prayers, I got a text message from one of our staff this morning. One of our prayers today is that we will have the largest missionary giving today. I want to challenge you with that, with that mindset. So as we come, that this money that is coming in today is to go to the shims to get them the needs that they have to have, the, 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 the cash budget that they have to have, and we want to be able to take a large offering for them this morning, as well as if we want to be able to support them on a greater level in the years to come. So if you are here and you've not supported them or are you wanting to increase your support, maybe you've never supported a missionary, today is your day to take a step of faith. Would you take a step of faith? Maybe you've been supporting, would you take a step of faith? Uh, on, on our, there's a, I think it's good, I'm not sure if we have a text to give slide up there or not. Is it there? Uh, it's going to be text to give. And if you would just 84321-SHIMS, um, if you want to put it in a, in a, an envelope. You can drop it in the green box back there. But we want to uh, bless them today. We want to honor their calling. And we want to give you an opportunity. Everyone say opportunity. We want to give you an opportunity to take a step of faith. This is not for Relevant Life Church. This is for, the sh- for Japan. This is for their family, for them to be able to go and be uh, what God has called them to be. Would you just take an opportunity? Would you extend your hands before, before God right now? Would you be a, are you a willing vessel today? Are you a willing vessel? God, today we come. And Lord, we come and we ask that you would help us to bless this family. God, would you help us to bless Japan? God, help us to be obedient this morning, to take the steps, God, that of faith that even stretch us. God, we are so privileged and so honored to be able to hear the gospel week after week after week. And God, today we thank you for Brad and Roe and their kids that have been so uh, faithful and obedient to go so far away. God, today I pray that you would enable us and empower us to bless them even more. God, we pray for the country of Japan. Would you pray for them? God, today we pray that the gospel would go forth. Father, I love the fact that they have a goal of one, but God, you have a goal of all. And God, we pray, would you enlarge the mindset? Would you enlarge the eyes? Would you enlarge the reach? God, to this never-reached people, God, you're reaching, and your Holy Spirit is moving. And God, I pray, Lord Jesus, we pray for a harvest. We pray for more than one. We pray for tens and hundreds in the name of Jesus. Father, this next term may... May, may the heavens open. God, we ask that your Holy Spirit would just bring deep conviction, deep conviction. God, would your Holy Spirit anoint the messages that go forth. God, we pray for laborers in this field. God, we pray for our pastors. We pray for the discipleship program to flourish. God, we pray for strength and, and health in Brad and Roe and their family. God, go before them. God, would you grant them favor God, would you open doors that no man can shut? God, we pray for a large harvest. And God, we thank you that we get to be part of that harvest. That we get to be part of extending the gospel to a country through these, through these missionaries. Now, God, we pray your blessings upon them. We ask for strength. 
God, refreshing as they're in the States. God, we ask for the holiday seasons, God, to be filled for them, God, with, with family and with friends. God, I pray for their provision in every avenue and in every area. And God, we thank you for their lives. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Come on, would you give them one more round of applause? Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. We want to thank you for coming today, and we want to encourage you to, to make sure you've dropped, to make, your, make your pledge, as well as drop your offering in the green, green box back there. We will see you next Sunday. If you have not given to the, to the shims, make sure you do so. If you've not given to the Speed of Light, make sure you do so. Have a fantastic week. God bless. Here at Relevant Life Church, it's our mission to see people connect with God, relate to one another, and reach our world. This single statement drives everything we do as a church. Our hope is that today you were encouraged in this. Thank you for joining us and have a blessed day.